You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Or leave episode three. Just what the doctor ordered. Right, doctor? I couldn't have prescribed better. It is early March 2016. We're about five months out from STLV, and you have once again been granted Sure leave. This is episode number three of our show dedicated to Trek Convention Chat. We're going to be running down some big Las Vegas guest editions along with some questions and thoughts from our listeners in the Facebook group, uh, followed by a third installment of our recurring First Con segment where our guests reminisce about their first times attending a Star Trek convention. So I am Jeff Hewlett, and with me is the ever-wonderful Heather Barker. Good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. How are you doing, Heather? <laughs> you just got back from a trip? I did. I spent a week in Orlando and indulged in all of the Mickey Mouse and Harry Potter that I could, and I'm now back to work, walking dogs, petting kitties, living the life, and it's been wonderful, aside from the post-vacation crud that I got. Ah, very cool. So I, Heather and I both happen to be big Disney fans, so uh, that's pretty. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that when we get to the convention. Yes, one of our we can do our own uh, Disney Disney lovers podcast. As Dan is another oh Disney file. Look at that. So as always on Shore Leave, we are joined by several special guests. So the first of which is quite near and dear to our hearts here at the Tricorder Transmissions. That would be the co-host of our Tavacron series and a consummate Star Trek expert. That is the Claire Little. Hello. That How was a nice you? introduction. Hey. Thank you. Oh, it's good to have you back. So uh, we just got done with an Tavacron. We'll have another one coming up shortly. How's everything out there on your coast? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm kind of grumpy today, to be totally honest. But um, Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I like think me. this will make me not grumpy. Oh. Yes, we'll fix my grump. Yes. Well, maybe your grumpiness has something to do with your Trek trivia arch nemesis being here tonight, a returning <laughs> guest, a ruiner of celebrity birthdays, and arguably the biggest five-year mission fan, Mr. Jim Morehouse is back. I am here. It's good to be back. And I'm Claire, I'm sorry I'm making you grumpy. You're not making me grumpy. Jim makes oh, everybody right. happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Except for Sarah Clopton. Oh, <laughs> oh <God>. no. <laughs> I think he's been mentioned on both of our short leave episodes uh, prior to this one. So it's only fitting that Sarah Clopton gets mentioned again. When RC Spock is being played by Five Year Mission on the on the stage, you have to dance. No one is safe. End of story. Yes. Yes. And finally, uh, his podcasting counterpart appeared on our last episode of Short Leave, so it's only fitting that he joins us here tonight. The other half of the Trek Geeks podcast crew, Mr. Dan Davidson, is here. Dan, how are you? I am great, and this is my first time, as Bill was when he was on last time, that I have been a guest on a podcast, so it's kind of exciting. Uh, all you guys are awesome to listen to, and, and I am 
glad to be here. It is my mission to make Claire laugh and smile and get away <laughs> from that grumpiness. Aww. And uh, I totally agree with Heather. A Disney podcast is definitely something we should be talking about. Oh, all right. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what kind of angle we're going to take on that, but uh, that, that could definitely happen, I think. So very cool. So, Dan, why don't you uh, – Bill told us – a little bit about the Trek Geeks. Do you have anything to add to what he told us uh, last time about your podcast? Well, anytime that I get a few minutes away from Bill to be able to speak my own mind is usually a good thing. <laughs> no, actually. Um, all I can say is I can I can repeat what he said because it's, it's so very true. What we do uh, with our podcast is we do it as um, a way to show the special friendship that we have. And we happen to share Star Trek as such an important part of our lives that we decided to do the podcast about Star Trek and just do it as friends and how we normally interact. We always love to rib on each other and give each other a hard time and, and have fun talking about um, the thing that we're so very passionate about. We actually met uh, working together many, many years ago. And the very first thing that we started talking about was Star Trek. So we really hit it off the bat. And take away the fact that he once dropped my Franklin Mint pewter sculpture uh, at work on my desk what? and broke it. Um, oh. We've had a great friendship over the last 20 years. <laughs> oh, we need more details on this story. Oh, go to go to our website. I got a whole blog about it. It was something I'm sure he's going to be really happy that I'm bringing it up uh, here on your guys' show. But yeah, I, we were in a call center. And uh, so I was on the phone one day and he comes over and I had it on my desk because I love to display it. It's the nice white die cast metal one where the saucer section actually lifts off and it has a little replica of the bridge. And he comes over and he just picks it up right off its mooring and starts mm -hmm. looking at it. And I'm looking at him probably with this look of shock on my face. And I'm like, well, all right, it, it should be OK because he's a Star Trek fan. So he'll be very careful. And then he dropped it. <laughs> and the deflector dish went twang and shot across oh, my, my desk and – but we were able to fix it. We had some engineering skills and we fixed it and it's sitting right here next to me now. And uh, uh, I forgave him, but I still will never let him forget it. It was great. <laughs> that's a that's a great collectible too. Was it, it one is. of those like slow-mo moments where it's it just absolutely like it's, was. Yeah, absolutely was. And oh. I actually talk about that in the blog that everything took place in slow motion. <laughs> Watching it drop and hearing that metal ting on the uh, on the desk. Oh yeah. That was great. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks, Bill. So on our last episode, the big, big news at the time was the fact that the convention in Las Vegas was sold out completely. And there was some speculation uh, about what was going to happen down the road. And I know Creation had said that there may be tickets coming up later. But the big news this time is they haven't released any. Uh, so I know people were concerned with this, the thing being oversold and more tickets coming out. So those people should be pretty relieved. Uh, so are, are any of you guys uh, surprised or relieved that no new tickets have been announced as of yet, Heather? Um, I don't know. I'm not surprised. I think we still have plenty of time. And so I, I wouldn't hold it against creation pulling some more out somehow. But again, I hope that they don't because there's already many, many people but then at the same time, I just feel bad for everyone that hasn't been able to get a ticket because we've got that ticket thread in the group and there are so many people looking and it makes me sad. So in retrospect, I wish they just would have gotten a bigger space and then mm. we could all go and be happy. That's a good point. Dan, since you were not here in our last episode and you didn't get to weigh in on the early, early sellout of the tickets, what are your thoughts on the con being sold out so early and the possibility of them cramming more people in by adding more tickets? 
I was shocked that it sold out as fast as it did. I remember last year when um, we were preparing to go to the convention, I actually joined in really late and surprised Bill on a podcast that I was actually going to be joining him. And we had no problem getting the Groupon tickets uh, fairly mm-hmm. well in advance. Um, so to hear that it sold out as fast as it did was a shock, but it's kind of on one hand, I was really excited that it sold out because it shows that the love of Star Trek is out there. But on the other hand, it is going to be sardines because even without the sellout in my first visit last year, it was pretty crowded. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like this year. Yeah, I completely agree. And and, and Mr. Morehouse, your thoughts on the early sellout? Yeah, pretty shocking. I've been, I've been going for 10 years to the Vegas event and they've never sold out. I mean, I, I don't even think they've sold out a day, let alone a weekend, let alone six months out. So pretty amazing. I was going to say, though, I, I'm always impressed, though, by these guys because they're sold out now. So in terms of their schedule, they don't really need to – they don't have to go the extra mile on guess. But <laughs> the fact that they announced Whoopi Goldberg this week is pretty pretty amazing that they're, that they're uh, bringing her to her first ever Star Trek convention. So it's listen, it's going to be a packed house in those hallways for sure. But you know what? Still going to be having fun. Absolutely. No doubt. So uh, finally, Claire, uh, any thoughts on the sellout and the possibility of adding more? Uh, Jim actually brought up exactly what I was thinking, which is I hope and I don't think they're going to do this, but I hope that creation doesn't kind of scale back now that they no longer, you know, they've sold all their tickets. They Mm -hmm. don't need to keep coming up with bigger, better, greater announcements. I hope that they don't do that. And I don't think they will. Um, That's that was my only concern. Um, I do think just based on the past, there probably will be at least a few more tickets, probably the higher tier tickets available through their auction site, uh, closer to the convention, just based on what they've done in the past. Mm, So that's, that's, you know, financially not a viable option for most people. Um, and there probably won't be a whole lot of them, but at the very least, I would expect a handful of the gold and captain's chair tier tickets being available in the next few months. I was going to say too, Jeff, I mean, their, their marquee, their main kind of selling point is always that there's always a seat for you. You don't have to wait in line like at Comic-Con and some of these other conventions. So, you know, they can't stretch it too far to go beyond that key, key point for their con. So if they add many, I don't think it'll be too many mm. if they add any. So uh, we would hope not, but they can always change the tagline. On the website, I don't. I don't <laughs> see them ever changing that. That's their. That's been their kind of. Their. It's a, and it's different. I mean, every other convention is not like that. You got to stand in line to get in rooms. That's and, true. And it's a it's a big plus for creation that they don't make you do that. No, it's so. very true. I can I can attest there are some big uh, horror conventions here in Jersey. Two competing ones. I think I talked about these a little bit in the past. And those conventions are oversell big time, and they have yep. the the bean counter. At the entrance to every room with a little number clicker counting the number of people it's that are terrible. going in. And if there's too many people, you got to wait outside until some people come out so you can go in. And that's never happened to me at any creation event. So that's a good point, Jim. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. So this is something that had occurred to me, speaking of the of the early sellout. And I know a couple of weeks ago there was some big news about a federal investigation of Ticketmaster and, and scalpers buying up so many tickets, mm. only a tiny few tickets to these big shows being available to actual fans. Do you guys think there's a possibility that because this is the 50th that maybe a, a bunch of resellers bought up a lot of the con tickets and are planning to – put them up on like StubHub and other sites uh, for markup prices? Hmm. 
you know, that yeah. didn't even occur to me, but I don't know. Star Trek conventions seem so niche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Comic-Con tickets. They do it with Comic-Con yeah. tickets. Yeah. I yeah, don't know. There's like 160,000 people go to Comic-Con or some crazy number like that. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like out there pop culture wise. I don't think many people know that there is this big Las Vegas Star Trek convention unless they're part of the Trek community. Hmm. And you're in the Vegas market. So it's like, yeah. you, I mean, there, there's a lot going on there. I don't, I don't see it, but, but I love, uh, I, I always love Jeff's theories though. <laughs> Jim and I disagree on <laughs> my conspiracy theories an awful lot. Well, so. if I can pipe in, I do sure. know um, because people have attempted posting in our group um, some links to tickets on eBay that Ooh. have gone very high. And I think I said in the last podcast with our ticket thread, um, we're not allowing anybody to sell tickets over um, the original price that they bought them from creation because we don't want to support scalping. We want everybody to have a fair chance to go. Of course, anybody can go on eBay themselves and look and and find the tickets. But um, considering that there have already been some posts in the Star Trek community with tickets going for super inflated prices, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of that happening. I don't know if it was any any one person or or one business that bought them all, but I definitely think we're going to see a lot of tickets going for very inflated prices. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye on that. And I know we, we sent out some advice on a past episode about um, being very cautious if you do try to buy some of these resold tickets. So um, watch yourselves out there. A lot of scammers. So just make sure you're doing it very safely when you do it. I'd like to chime in if I could real quick, Jeff. I think it would really be a shame if that's the case because I've talked to so many people already that are now not planning on going out to Vegas because they are sold out. And if that's something that's going on, that's really a shame. I mean it's such a special event for so many people to have something like that happen so that – True fans that look forward to this for the entire year. I've, I've seen stories of people coming from all over the world for this vacate for their vacation to go to Vegas. That mm-hmm. would really be too bad if that's why it sold out as fast as it did. Yeah. You're here. I totally agree. Yeah. And we, we felt really bad for some of the folks on the Facebook group who were posting that they were unable to get tickets. And it's a real shame. Um, Claire, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, buying tickets from an untrustworthy source is always dangerous, but um, for I mean, creations tickets are especially unsophisticated compared to mm-hmm. some some of the yeah. you know really fancy hologram tickets that you might see for something like the Super Bowl or some other major event. Um, so I would especially recommend people not do that in this case um, because it's literally just a PDF with a barcode on it that you print out. I think it would be extremely easy for someone to fake absolutely yeah, or duplicate one. And just sell yeah. many copies of the same ticket. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point, Claire. Good to bring that up. Oh, well, on to happier topics. Uh, as we said earlier, there are some some good guest announcements, and Jim spilled the beans on one of them. And I'm actually very happy to, to see that Whoopi Goldberg has been added to this con. This totally makes my sister act cosplay a go. Nice. <laughs> 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 I am down with that. Are you guys, you guys obviously are all happy about Whoopi Goldberg, right, Heather? Um, sure. Yeah. Look, I, I don't want to be negative at all. I'm not, I love Guinan. I love the character. I'm not 
personally a big fan of Whoopi. Hmm. Um, I am very excited for everyone who is excited that she is coming um, along with Kirstie Alley, who, again, I'm just not a fan of them individually, but I'm very excited Hmm. because I know it means a lot to everyone um, who is a fan and people are already just trying to figure out, oh, how, what day are they going to be there? How are we going to get our photo op tickets? Are they going to sell out? So I'm, I'm happy that everyone is thrilled and happy. Good so who answer. is happy? Who is happy? I'm happy. Jim I'm is happy. happy. Okay. I think uh, anytime there's somebody that you've, that you've never had a chance to see before. Yeah. To uh, engage and kind of interact with, with uh, the awesome uh, questions from the audience. That was a joke for Claire. Uh, then, yeah, that's I, I'm excited about it. See, And Kirstie Alley is the same. I forgot about her. That's another good one. You can bring your Cheers box set. <laughs> I was going to say the thing that excited me the most about Kirstie Alley appearing was actually the prospect of some sort of like contest between her and Robin Curtis to see like who was the best Savic or if they could out Savic each other. Uh, I'm actually a Robin Curtis fan as far as Savic's go. Oh, but, as am I. Yeah. As am she I. I would have to agree with you. To me. But Mr. Davidson, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Kirstie Allen fan. One of my favorite miniseries of all time is North and South, and she really hit it out of the ballpark with that um, as, uh, as as the crazy sister. Um, I always did enjoy her uh, as Savick in Star Trek II. Whoopi Goldberg, I'm excited that she's going to be there because it is going to be her first convention, and why not be the 50th? That's really a big thing. But I'm along the lines with Heather. Um, I'm a big Guinan fan. I am not a huge Whoopi fan. Hmm. Um, I feel that uh, sometimes she brings too much of her personal beliefs into the things that she does, and that can rub people the wrong way. So um, it'll be interesting to see what she's like on stage. I am actually very curious to see how she's going to be received. I'm sure it's going to be big. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what it's like on stage with her. I'm very excited for all of these guests that are coming. For someone like me who's only been to one Vegas convention, the more names they keep throwing out there, the happier I'm going to get. Yeah, this is pretty awesome for to for last year to have been your first. So now you like you know what to expect. Like mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into and so you're kind of prepared for this year being even bigger. Right. Um, you know, like I say, every year I go just gets better and better, but I just, it's super awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited for you just to, <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm, I'm weird, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think whether you're excited about the specific celebrities that they're getting this year, the fact that they're getting such big names says a lot about Star Trek and the yeah. sort of, the brand and the fan experience and the fact that it's still an exciting thing. I doubt Whoopi Goldberg or Kirstie Alley would agree to appear if this wasn't a big deal to them and to the whole kind of community. Well, I will slip in one Whoopi comment for you. Uh, non Whoopi fans It's obvious that none of you have seen the exceptional film Jumpin' Jack Flash. I think <laughs> you would completely it. change Indeed, your minds about yes. Whoopi. If you've seen that movie. movie. See, oh, there you go. Classic. Now get a copy of the DVD and bring it with you. And get it auto. There you go. It's a whoopee win. So now that we have we have confirmed that Shatner and George Takei are going to be there, does this shed any more uh, light on the possible no. reconciliation on stage that we theorized about earlier? That's not going to happen, no. sir. No? No chance. You guys don't think that they're gonna that Shatner and Takei are well, gonna appear on stage together? No, I, and I, I don't want it I to don't, happen. I don't unless they have a, unless they do. They're not gonna appear together alone. That's for sure. I mean, if they do some type of 
uh, each series, each cast kind of together on stage, which I think would be a great idea, then then maybe. But uh, the, the, the key the key component to your uh, your great conspiracy theory on this, though, was that it was all predicated on selling more tickets. And it was not. Which, <laughs> which, of course, it wasn't. They're sold out. It's the 50th. Well, it worked, didn't it? <laughs> okay, I guess it did. It worked. Well, did you guys happen to look at the creation guest page for this convention and see the huge pump that they gave George Takei? It's huge. And the, the write-up they have for him is is pretty killer. I mean, you know, they make mention of his Twitter followers, his, uh, his 9.4 million likes on Facebook and 1.8 million Twitter followers. You know, I wonder, I've, I've wondered this in the past. I think some of those bios are provided by the person themselves, not written by creation. Possibly. Because if you notice, sometimes, especially closer to the convention, when they f- sort of fill out the bios for a lot of the the celebrities some of them just feel very much like they're written by that celebrity or their publicist or something they don't really feel like creation wrote them and some people have sort of unusually long ones considering they may not be a major star yeah well Um, jeff jeff has also neglected to mention that william shatner is listed first on the page and george mm -hmm. sakai is listed fourth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) well hey listen i i will also put out there that william shatner is appearing on saturday and it goes to great lengths to also say that George will be appearing on stage and is appearing both Friday and Saturday. So they're going to be there on the same day. Right. Okay. We'll, we'll keep an eye well, out on them. You know, I, <laughs> look, I think it would be awesome to have the remaining TOS actors on the stage together. I think that would make all of us very, very happy. Um, but it's as their far anniversary. As, as far as what feud goes on between them, I, I don't think it's any of our business. And if Shatner wants to make it our business, he'll write a book about it. So well I, I would love to see everybody up there and let's hope that they're up there and it's professional and wonderful and the end. <laughs> oh, well, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not hoping that they feud on stage. I was hoping that the feud would end and everybody would be happy in a big 50th anniversary on stage and everybody's happy and well, but I mean, what would that really do? It's not like if they went up there and they resolved their feud that like Leonard Nimoy would return as Gandalf the White and, you know, everything would be better. It wouldn't it wouldn't really do anything. I, yeah, OK, it's funny they say that, Claire, because what I was going to say is it's unfortunate that these things happen because we all know what's come out recently with with Williams, uh, with Shatner's uh, book uh, about Leonard and how there was something that happened at the end of Leonard's life that they were not speaking. And it sure would it it sure would be nice that whatever this this degree of this feud has gone on for so long that they can get it resolved before something happens with one mm-hmm. of them because they're not they're not spring chickens mm-hmm. and you'd hate you'd hate to see something happen with another one of the cast that nothing that something doesn't get mended before it's too late. There you go. That's true. Thank Although you, I've. I, my understanding is that William Shatner and George Takei never were close. <laughs> oh, I agree. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the point. In, in, yeah. in Shatner's mind, there is no feud. He always says, "I don't know this guy. He was a a bit player on the on the series. He was, <gasps> you know, it's what he. I mean, these are what he says. And he, oh my, you know, there, there's no there's no Sulu episode, at, you know, in eighty. There's not because it wasn't a ensemble back then. It was about Kirk, Spock, McCoy." And the rest were were the day actors. And when uh, 
you know, when they made the movies, they, they obviously added everybody else. And that's the way Shadow looks at it. I don't even like talking about it. I know the people yeah. are listening right now saying, no, that's P.S., Jim. But yeah. that that's the uh, that's how – and it's part of Shatner's shtick. It's yeah. his it's his cottage industry. <clears throat> he winds everybody up. That's his thing. So embrace it, love it, or just ignore it if that's not your thing. Okay. All right. Fine, fine, fine. Let's Let's move on to something that I know everyone can actually be happy about. So we, I haven't been able to get everybody happy about one topic yet. So <laughs> <laughs> one other big announcement is that five-year mission is the house band for the Ugh. 50th. And I know we're all happy, Those except for guys. Jim. <laughs> Jim is not happy about that. <laughs> but I know you guys Great broke news. the news on Trek Geeks, Dan, right? In the last episode? Yeah, we were very fortunate. Fark and Mike joined us uh, to talk about it. We are as we're thrilled to have this happen. We've been we've been plugging away at it every single episode. They let us use their music um, during our podcast, and we could not be happier for them and for all the people that are going to be there to listen to them and watch them rock out all week long. We are so excited about it. Ditto. <laughs> That's <laughs> all you got, them, Jim. Having them on stage again as a house man is going to be uh, fantastic. And I think Dan, you said it on your. On your podcast, or, or uh, maybe it was Bill, that you know you're going to be looking forward to the breaks as much as anything, and I'm right yeah. there with you because that's how it was two years ago when they were on stage, and mm-hmm. it was it was fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, Bill has told Bill told me that it was really great watching them the first time they were the house band, and this will be my first time to watch it. So yeah, I, I did mention that I'm going to be um, focusing on them in between guests to see what they're playing and and really enjoying it. I can't wait. I really hope that they're able to give us some kind of little show. I know he had mentioned right or Fark had mentioned right now that they're they're not set to play any of the parties, which is awesome because I'm not going to any of them. But <laughs> um, yeah, I that was so much fun the dessert party that they did, and we didn't even know they were going to be playing. And I remember just walking in there and they were rocking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome! And that was like my first real taste of them rocking out. And now I'm a huge fan. So I hope that they're able to do something creation, let them do something um, so that everybody can, can, can hear them and rock out with them, please. You know, Heather, I think I still have some video of that dessert party. Wasn't that the one where they brought Donnie up on stage? Were you there for that part? I wasn't there for that part. Ah, so yeah, Donnie, came, Donnie Versaja, another uh, friend of ours, another guest who's been on the show before, was was invited onto the stage to uh, to sit in for Fark on the drums, and then he he died on stage, kind of Spinal Tap style, and then Fark <laughs> came out. So I, I think I still have the video of that. Oh no, that was the yeah, that was the oh, that was the dessert. No, that was the uh, oh yeah, the dessert party. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's right. You described it well. Oh, that see, that's crazy that we were in the same room, Jim. Yep. And that was oh, the year before were. we even met. That's crazy. We all were. We, oh, all we were at the too? same event, you guys. Oh, oh my, my God. God. We all went to the same oh convention God. at oh. the same time. Oh. We weren't all there. Who would there. have thought? Oh, Dan wasn't there. Oh. Sorry, Dan. Oh, sorry. Man. Oh, man. You will be there. You will be there. And next year we will be having the same discussion. That's talking right. Talking about all the great fun that we had together. Yes, yes. We so will. I'm thinking like as a way to show our excitement and appreciation to Five Year Mission, um, since they're going to be – so the convention's five days this year. Mm-hmm. I think we should buy them like a case of Febreze. <laughs> because my understanding is that they have to wear the same uniform all five days. And of course they work up a sweat rocking out really hard. 
with those stage lights and everything. I think we should we should buy them some Febreze. Have you you've met these guys? A case of Febreze ain't gonna help. No. Well, okay. if we Come each on. buy them a case. It's hysterical that you mention that because I actually did buy them a bottle. They asked me to buy them a bottle last year when I was out getting lunch one day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I know. I yeah, hope they don't I get mad at me for saying year. that. I asked them last year if they each had like two uniforms a piece and they laughed at me. <laughs> so um, we did get some questions and thoughts from some of our listeners in the uh, unofficial Facebook group that Heather is the administrator of. I figured we would uh, throw a few of these out there. And uh, the first one is one I think we may have covered already, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. It's from Angie Long and she wants to know how excited all of us are for Whoopi and Kirsty. I'm excited for Angie to see Angie. I want to see Angie. <laughs> I'm excited for both. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, same here. I think it'll be great. Uh, like I said, having someone at the 50th for their first time, that's going to be special not only for us as fans, but for Whoopi to be on stage for the first time, seeing thousands of people just going crazy for her being up there. Uh, and, and the yeah. thing about Whoopi that, I mean, I know that, she can be polarizing, but the fact that, you know, she's such a, a big star across so many platforms, you know, and I believe she's the EGOT winner. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and at Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, yeah. Tony, um, just <laughs> to clarify. But the fact that, you know, she reached out as, a, as an Oscar winning star to Gene Roddenberry, to Star Trek, to create a role for her to be on this series – you know that's that says a lot. I, that for me that that puts her in a kind of special tier for first you know actors on Star Trek, and really looking forward to seeing her. And she's a beloved character. I mean, so yep. many people. She's she was impacting, and so many people just loved the, it, me. You know, we all do. And yeah. so yep. I am interested. She was at um, one of I think the Chicago Wizard World convention. And I don't know if she did an on-stage thing or not. I can try to find out from Frankie um, because I know Frankie went and saw her and got a photo with her. But I'm really interested to see how they're going to set um, Whoopi and Kirsty up on stage, if they're going to be with other cast members, if they're going to be uh, by themselves. I, you know, I'm really interested to see what happens there because sometimes they kind of lump them all together. But I think that given it's, both their first STLVs, they're going to be by themselves, I hope. I was kind of hoping they'd do something like they did with Harlan Ellison, either, was it last year or the year before, where he actually appeared, you know, three times on stage and kind of right. had a different topic for each session. I would hope that they'd kind of break it up into two or three sessions for her and, and Christy Alley. Kirsty Alley. Yep. And they've done that in the past with like some of the more regular attendees. Who, you know, they'll do like the women of TNG and then they'll do the whole cast of TNG and then they'll do, you know, Marina Sirtis and Michael Dorn together. They kind of yeah. group people up differently throughout the convention. So wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome if she was on stage with Patrick Stewart? That yes. would be. I mean, he's yeah. not announced yeah, yet, but would wouldn't that just no. be awesome? Like I yeah. would love, I would love that. He's busy, but hopefully not too busy for us. So the next question, I think actually this one is a perfect question for me. I hope I pronounced this name right. This is from Noel Lee ooh, Velarde. Velarde, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I'm not sure. But uh, he says, thoughts on taking an away mission to the Valley of Fire National Park 
and climbing up to Captain Kirk's grave site. Now, let me just tell you, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. As somebody who spent time in the Valley of Fire National Park, so I, I a couple of years prior to my first Trek convention, I've been to Vegas 13 times, and um, many of those were before I started going to STLV. And one year I rented a car and I drove out to Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon, and I'm on through my way back, I stopped in the Valley of Fire. And let me just tell you, however hot it is in Las Vegas, it is way hotter <laughs> in the Valley of Fire National Park. There is literally no tree cover, no shade, nothing. It is super, super hot. So if you do attempt, please, if you do attempt to go out there and try to get there, do not do it in cosplay, for one thing. <laughs> please don't do it in cosplay. It, 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 it is so hot. I swear to God, you walk 10 feet from your car and you're you're dying. You're dehydrated. So and it's a good goal. It's something that's possible. I mean, maybe if you do it later in the day when the sun is starting to go down, wear very light clothes and bring a lot of water, you may be able to pull it off. But don't do it by yourself. Make sure you bring a cell phone with you in case you get into trouble. And again, don't do it in cosplay. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts on that? I've never yeah. been, so no comments for me. It, it is ridiculously hot there. It is. I've, I've been there. I haven't been to uh, – to the filming site for for generations. I want to go so bad, um, but I love the heat. So I love it there. I love Death Valley. Love the desert. Yeah. I yeah. will not be going. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I will not be carrying this bulk anywhere where it's that hot. <laughs> and it's not just the heat too. It is very, very, very dry. Yeah. So right. and now I'll tell you if you know on those days when it gets over a hundred. And it's a little bit of a, a breeze going, and you step outside that convention, you dry out instantaneously. It's like stepping in front of a gigantic hairdryer. It's horrible. So just be very careful and stay very hydrated if you attempt to do something like this. Yeah, and keep in mind that you're probably going to be fairly dehydrated just from attending the convention itself, yes. considering that we're in air conditioning environment. And let's face it, a lot of people are, are going to be drinking a lot mm -hmm. um, in the evenings. Uh, it's hard to stay hydrated just at the convention itself. Uh, yeah, I have no interest in visiting the Valley of Fire in August. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back to me in December and I will totally go and have a great time, but not in August. Excellent advice. You probably would want to go much later in the year or very early in the year uh, when it's still manageable out there. So we have another one. Uh, this one is another one that I'm probably going to have a hard time pronouncing, but this is from Eric, and his last name starts with a P. I'm not going to go for the whole one. Um, he says, um, thoughts on other long-shot guests that might make an appearance. Uh, odds on getting all of the captains and uh, the Star Trek Ultimate Voyage versus uh, the Saturday Night Nevada Pops concert. So any thoughts, guys, on... Uh, long shot guests who haven't been announced anybody that you'd like to see that that is very unlikely i have a couple mm. of like wish list guests one of them is may jemison the astronaut who also she was the first african-american woman in space and she plays a transporter chief in one episode of star trek and sort of similar to whoopi goldberg she basically called up star trek and said can you please put me on your show i would love to have her show up i don't know what she, i mean i doubt she ever would but and Christopher Plummer would oh, be Oh, my amazing. gosh. I don't think he would ever go either, but. That would be amazing. <laughs> I heard that, Claire, that little noise you just made. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree with that one. I would Ooh, a love Chang appearance. Yeah, love to yeah. see him. That would be amazing. I'm still holding out for Christopher Lloyd, which I think is oh. maybe somewhat likely since he's been one or mm-hmm. two times already, and uh, along the line of together as Klingons. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Then you could do a photo with them, your photo op. I would do that. Okay, I would do it too. My other long shot, just being on the topic of these lovely women that are appearing, uh, would be Kim Cattrall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if she would ever do it, but I just, I think it would be interesting to have her there. That's a great pick. Thanks. I think yeah. she's, I think she I has done it before. Has she? I feel like I've seen her at an event, but. I may be. Well, if she's be. listening right now. Which... <laughs> Jim, just admit you went to the Sex and the City convention. <laughs> Mr. Davidson? I agree with Heather. I would have said Christopher Lloyd. That would be one of my first choices. I've always loved him and everything he's done. Uh, my The one that I really hope is there, and, and we'll talk about it later on in the show, is one of the reasons why is Avery Brooks. I am told that he is just something to watch when he's on stage. Um, love to be able to to listen to him and get a photo op with him. So he's the one that I'm really hoping uh, is is announced. All the captains, having all the captains on stage would be really something because that's something I have never seen personally. Um, but to him, that would be the one, I think. I really yeah. hope they bring him. I I. I can't remember the last time he was there, Avery Brooks. Um, he bailed on 2014. I, yeah, I remember that he had canceled on one, but I, Claire, was he there in 2013? Were, were we like walking down the hallway and he was behind us? I am pretty sure he was there in 2013. I know okay. that, yeah, he did not, He was scheduled to attend in 2014 and wasn't able to. They had a cardboard cutout of him instead. <laughs> um, I do believe he was a 2013. Even though I wasn't there, Bill has gone to Vegas for many yeah. years, and he has a great um, DS9 cast photo with him as a photo app. Op that mm. he gets, um, he brings every year to try to get everybody to sign it, and I think I think Captain Cisco is one of the last ones he needs to get a signature on. I really hope it. Ha- he is, yeah. He's he's. Um, I like to say he's metaphysical. He's just out there and different, and you know, I love his voice, so I could sit there and listen forever. Um, I just thought of my other one. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Heather. Yeah, go ahead. Tony Todd. Yeah. Oh, he. Oh my God. Okay, I hung out with an extremely drunk Tony Todd at like for about ten minutes at two in the morning. I think it was last year. Dude, he was very inebriated. But to be fair, so was everybody else. So no judgment. I mean, he was in the right place for it. He was really nice and really drunk. <laughs> but yeah, he came by the masquerade bar um, with a couple of other I don't know like friends of his or something. And yeah, he shook hands with people briefly and that was pretty cool (laughs) so i'll make the trek geeks an offer dan if avery brooks does not show up at the convention he lives maybe 20 minutes from me so if you guys want to come to new jersey we'll track him down uh i'm i am on (laughs) i'll be i'll leave right now we can record the entire thing and us getting arrested yeah and put it out on both of our shows as a crossover Saul goodman because we're gonna need him we are (laughs) i love it oh so i was just gonna say my my pick was dwight schultz because i've never seen him at the vice uh and i would love to see barkley uh, especially for the 50th i don't think i don't know if he's been to vegas in forever he's i I've definitely never seen him at an event, so was always thinking 
He'd be a great one to have. I have a photo of myself with Dwight Schultz, I will say, but it was in an in an A team capacity. <laughs> not in a Star Trek was. capacity. No. So <laughs> I got him and Face at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that yeah, fun. I'd be really excited if he was there. He's a really cool dude, too, actually. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Very, very uh, receptive of fans at conventions. Cool. So cool. He is right there, uh, right underneath Michael Gross, who is one, probably one of my best convention experiences. He just was incredible. I, that's a whole nother topic, though. <laughs> Not Star Trek related. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, reminiscing about other cons. But was that, was that a was that a family ties? Uh... Uh, it was at a horror convention, so it was more of a Tremors thing. Got it. Yeah, okay. Tremors. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next question. No, wait, wait. No, sorry. We have to go back because we did oh. not talk about the second part of his. Oh, oh, the Star Trek Ultimate Voyage, right? Yes, and I want to bring oh. that up since I gotcha. know that Dan and Bill just went to see it. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, I think it would be awesome if they actually brought it to the convention instead of a repeat of the Nevada Pops, which I have enjoyed, but we've had them like four years in a row now or something. Um, so Dan, will you tell us about the ultimate voyage? Sure. Um, it was phenomenal. I I can't say enough about it. We, uh, were very lucky. We got tickets very early. It was at the Wang center in Boston and we were lucky enough to get front row center of the first mezzanine level. So we had a perfect view of the stage. Uh, the music was phenomenal, and as anybody who's read about it, they have this giant screen which is showing clips of all the various movies uh, and the series. And one of the things that I found so amazing is that they actually had a couple of, of sections of the music where they would actually play complete scenes from the original series. For example, Doomsday Machine. They played the Doomsday Machine. The actual episode is playing with the dialogue and everything, and the orchestra was doing the actual music of the the. It was it was it was so great because it was perfectly in sync. It was as if you were watching it without an orchestra, and it was just the regular music that we're all used to. It was it was something to behold, and I'll tell you, I'm not gonna lie. When they started the Resican flute. Uh, music i was all balling out it was awesome it was just fantastic it was great i recommend it (laughs) (laughs) and they had a girl at the center of the stage with a flute doing that solo and then they went into the big orchestra uh uh part of that whole um uh music selection it was it was great if anybody has the chance if it's going to be in a town near you go see it it is something you will never forget it's here in Denver in April, and of course, I've got a work commitment, and I'm trying to figure out how to get around it um, to do it because I have heard from many, many sources that it is a do not miss event. Agreed. I am going April on April, is, April 1st in LA. Excellent. Hey, Heather, you... when in April? When, when in April is it? It's like the 28th. It's like the very, very end. Yes. Like Because yes. I was going to say, if it was when I was going to be in Denver, I we would oh, we should go. We would be going. Bed. Yes. It's uh, the 28th. Yeah. So it's a Thursday night and it's like downtown. Oh, I'll figure it out. I really, that's why I kind of selfishly wish that they would bring it to the convention. Yeah. yeah I, because then I would definitely be able to see it. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm interested to, to hear at the end if any new sources talk about it. I've heard that some of the tickets are not selling well. 
Um, Dan, was were there a lot of people there? Was it sold out? Um, to tell you the truth, I didn't really look around too much because I was so fixated on watching yeah. <laughs> the stage. But it was it was pretty full. I'll have to check with my wife um, to see if she recalls if it was if it was capacity or not. But um, people were cheering and screaming and clap. It was it was, it was some, there was a lot of people. I would I would venture to say it was sold out, but I'll have to double check. Well, that's awesome. I hope that it sells out everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see it make another appearance sometime mm-hmm. down the road. Yep. I couldn't wait to go before I heard Dan talk about it. <laughs> and now that I've heard Dan talk about it, I really can't wait. A couple it more is, weeks for me. I Like I said, I am not afraid to admit that I got choked up a couple of times because we all know how powerful that music is. And oh, when yeah. you've Absolutely. got that music playing and it's playing to scenes that you're not expecting that music to be going with, it really hits you hard. It was great. Was there a lot of Leonard Nimoy up there? Because yes. I don't I don't know if I could last through yes, it. Yes, <laughs> they had actually – I don't want to give anything away, but they did yeah. have a special – not like a tribute, but you knew that it was specifically done ex- specifically for Leonard. Um, they had yeah. the Star Trek II scene and they had other scenes, his speech about how uh, – his dedication to the, to the man who sits in the center chair and all that. Yeah, it, yeah, it was very, very well done. Oh, goodness. I, yeah, I just finished reading Shatner's book. Um, I think everybody here knows that like my dog died the day before Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. died. So it was a right. double whammy for me. Uh, and just aside from, from Leonard being who, who he was and will forever be, um, it's taken me a very long time. I have not watched any TOS still. Uh, and just even reading, uh, Shatner's book. I mean, I didn't make it through without crying. So, I don't know. I really want to go, and I am sure I will be crying with my my brothers and sisters and Trek there. So, yep. uh, man, I think I might have to get some some help with my puppy dogs and go check it out. Okay, so we're back. Which question were we moving on to, Jeff? <laughs> A nice segue. <laughs> so this comes from <laughs> Diana Laurie, and uh, she says. Uh, thoughts on what movie cast they might get. I'm assuming she's meaning the uh, new Star Trek movie that will be out in July, uh, the the new uh, JJ cast and which members may show up. So um, I think my prediction would probably be Carl Urban. He's usually pretty reliable yeah, for showing coming, up to these yeah. things. Unless his plane almost crashes. But even mm. then, he still shows up. Like he made sure to tell me during my photo op, I almost died in a plane. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was awesome because I'm like, oh my god, he's talking to me for like five seconds. It's a conversation. Um, yeah, Carl Urban, he seems to be making the rounds. I would love to see Simon Pegg again. Yeah, um, I think everybody would love to see Chris Pine, but as it pops up every time his name is mentioned, this supposed feud that his father has with creation. Yeah. I don't. Okay, well, I haven't heard about. You don't have to go into details, but that's news yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't even. I thought that that story was just confused with Will Wheaton's story because I'd heard the same thing. Yeah. But Will Wheaton has, you know, published an article talking about his issues with creation, which you can find on the interwebs. Yeah. Um, and Chris Pine is something supposedly different. I just think he's kind of too big to that's come. Was, um, yeah. Along with Zoe Saldana, and of course. Well, that that's not not a new movie person, but I know Claire and I would love to see Tom Hardy someday. But... Oh my God, he will never ever attend. <laughs> don't, yeah, I don't would, count I would, on it. Yeah, I would, yeah. 
I, I personally can say that I would literally die, and I can say that knowing <laughs> he will never die. show up, and so I will never be held to that. He show up with the Bane mask on. Yeah, Dan. No. Gonna... Yeah, I was gonna say I'd love to see Idris show up. Yeah, yeah, that, that would, would be, be very cool. I'm Do you a big think he's too fan. big though? Like, uh, I yes. think he's on his way up. Yeah, he's getting right up there if he isn't already. But you know. A lot of the people that are up there, Patrick Stewart, I yeah, mean, Shatner, they're all big. Um, but it would be it'd be interesting. I've always I'm always a, a villain guy, so I would love to see him. Well, yeah. the the question there's another layer to it, which is how much of the new you know Star Trek Beyond, which will debut about two weeks before this convention, how much will that be, you know, part of this convention? And if there is any other way that they can kind of cross promote time, I mean, it's going to be in theaters when we're at the convention, and they have an event. Listed, I think, about the movie. So there'll, there'll definitely be some sort of panel or stage uh, yep. thing about it. And I'm kind of sad none of you guys mentioned Zach Quinto. Well, Didn't he? he to, yeah. I would love to. I, I love his Spock. I think he's excellent as Spock. I would love to hear him actually talk about his relationship with Nimoy because I know yeah. they were very close. Yep. Yeah. He was there in my first year in 2009. He was there. Leonard Nimoy was there. And Jacob yep. Kogan was there. Hmm. Yep. And they had them all on stage at one point. I believe it's so far back in my memory. I don't remember. Um, Jim, do you? Yeah, do no. You? I'm the, I remember it now that you bring it up. Because I was going to say, I, I'm sure I've seen him. And I remember that that was a great event. It was all three of them there. And it was, I think it was 2009 or yeah, it must have been 2009. Um, yeah. And he was he was fantastic. He was everything you'd expect him to be. He's so well-spoken. And I don't know if he was on Colbert a couple weeks ago speaking about Leonard, and it was unbelievable. It oh, was, gosh. It was so impressive. You know, it was basically on the anniversary of yeah. of his death. So lo love that guy. Love everything he does. So we have one final question, and this is from a guest who was on the last episode of Shore Leave, Mr. Adam Drosen uh, writes in, this is kind of a con-specific, room-specific uh, type of a question. He wants to know why the Triple Lounge doesn't have Trek episodes playing on loop all day long. And he thinks this is a great opportunity for CBS to pump the all-access uh, channel by having uh, some all-access ads and things playing along with these Trek episodes that you're, are obviously going to be available on all-access. Any thoughts yeah. from you guys? Yeah, so uh, Jim, you know, you brought yeah. everything and we never went and chilled out and That's watched right. Trek. We have planned this, Claire, too. I mean, yeah. we have said every year, why don't they have episodes playing? And this is numerous friends, not just the people in this podcast. Uh, I have I have sent a letter to creation suggesting that they have it. Um, so I would strongly encourage everybody to do the same thing and contact them directly and recommend it because wouldn't that be the most awesome thing however we all got caught up in hanging out with each other at the bar that we never made it to a room to chill and watch yeah so i have a couple of thoughts first yes i will have uh my room set up again for star trek episode viewing so if anybody's listening and wants to watch star <laughs> trek with me just say the word because it's literally my favorite thing to do and i will want to do it uh second you know, I've we've I know we've mentioned this to the creation guys and some of the CBS guys about how what a no brainer it is to do that, and especially I think Jeff, you mentioned it, the all access tie in, or maybe it was Dan, mm -hmm. but the all access tie in is a 
oh, it's so smart. It's it, a no -brainer. it would be absolutely brilliant for them to put that on and promote it that way. And then third, I've been at a few other conventions. One, the uh, destination uh, trek in in London, and they had like a screening area in the middle of the of the con for. They basically played the same episode over all day. <laughs> pop in whenever and catch it. And it was awesome. It was <laughs> it was so communal to have everybody kind of watching and having fun together. I just think they, they really need to do that. It would it would be a a huge uh, a huge addition. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre that the one week a year that we all watch the least amount of Star Trek is while we're at <laughs> so the Star Trek convention. <laughs> so true. I you gotta you, you guys hit it right on the head. I mean, this is a huge year for CBS All Access. Obviously, they've been dropping bombs left and right of all these big names that are going to be involved in the new series. It makes absolute perfect sense to do this. They've got seven hundred hours worth of stuff that they can play. Um, you never will run out of material that you can be doing and throwing in all those commercials about CBS All Access and having literally probably somebody like you see uh, at Disney, Heather. You know this. You got somebody from DVC standing yeah. there ready to sign people up. They yep. could be doing that too. So they could be uh, definitely uh, earning some money there. My question would be in past years, it's a creation convention, but it's my understanding that CBS has a much more stronghold this year mm -hmm. that they're going to, than they have had in the past. Mm -hmm. yeah. So maybe it is something that'll finally happen. Yeah, I definitely think so, especially with um, the new television series coming out. I just don't see how they couldn't couldn't do it um, but I still encourage everybody to write them the closest thing they had was back when the the Irish pub was open at night and people would go there um McFadden's is that what that's what it was called I think yeah um, and yeah and they had Star Trek playing but it was so loud in there and there was music that you couldn't of course you know of course we all kind of know the words to like every Star Trek <laughs> episode ever right um but yeah, you couldn't really follow along, but you could watch. So that was the closest thing that they've had. And that was just the bar that did that. So it would be awesome if they did. Certainly would be. Needs to happen. If not, though, just come to my room because I'll be watching. So, Sorry. Jim, I would like to request one hour to view Devil in the Dark with you. <laughs> oh. Yes, let's Sl do it. Slam dunk. We have to. It's, it's a no. Yeah. We have to do it. Yep. You're going to have to lay down some rules, Jim, like ahead of time as far as whether or not people are allowed to talk during the episode. Can <laughs> people converse about the episode while it's showing or not? Like, because you know people are going to want to talk. I mean, it's going to be like masquerade happening no, in front of your it's, TV. It's, it's real clear. You can talk as long as you're talking about Star Trek. Well, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a given. But it's whether or not, yeah, whether or not you want people talking about Star Trek well. Hey, and I'll, I'll have control, so I'll just pause it. If it's, if it's disturbing me, I'll just pause it. It'll take like nine <laughs> hours to get through one episode because it'll be it'll be paused for eight and a half of those hours. <laughs> all right, so that wraps it up for our listener questions. Thank you all for writing in. It's been great. This is a cool segment. I think we'll continue to do this, Heather, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for your feedback, for your questions. I love you all. Yeah, so that brings us to... Our next segment, I think we're going to do a little bit of our first cons with uh, Dan and Jim. You guys ready to move into that? Sure, sure. For everything, there is a first time. You still, I cannot help but you. For everything. 
Welcome to the third edition of First Cons. Heather, Claire, and I are here with Jim Morehouse and Dan Davidson from Trek Geeks, and we're going to be looking back at their memories of their first times attending the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. And I know, Dan, last year, 2015, was your first time out, right? Yeah, it was. It was my first time. Um, one of the things I did want to mention before talking about Vegas, if I could, Jeff, is a couple of memories I have from earlier cons that I that I that kind of hold special meaning to me. And that um, was actually one not too long ago. I went to conventions back in the 80s, and to be honest, I don't really have a lot of memory of those. Um, but back in 2014, Creation had Trek Boss uh, in Boston, and Bill and I went. Uh, my podcast partner Bill Smith and I and it was the first time we had actually literally seen each other in probably 12 to 15 years um, wow. we had always had a you know communicated through social media and stuff like that but we hadn't seen each other in a long time and it was a very special event for us to go because it was if we had seen each other two days ago it just everything just kicked right back into Ooh. gear we had a great time um, I remember it being very crowded the dealer room was probably one 50th of the size of the <laughs> Vegas uh, dealer room. So I was really impressed when I saw that in Vegas last year. But one of the things I wanted to make mention of is earlier we were talking about guests in Vegas. And one of the reasons I was so excited to go to the Boston convention is because Avery Brooks was going to be there. And I signed up for a photo op and I signed up for an autograph and I was all excited. He was going to be there on Sunday and Sunday afternoon at around two o'clock, the announcement that he had canceled came across. So I was really bummed, but I did get to get my picture taken with Terry Farrell instead. So I really oh, nice. can't complain too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. But Vegas, yeah, last year uh, was my first Vegas and and. And I'm going to reference Disney again because that's what I do a lot. And Heather will certainly attest to this. Mm. My first Vegas was like going to Disney for the first time where you are just looking around and you are trying to take it all in and you're so excited. <laughs> there's so much to see and there's so much noise that you're trying to, to, to focus in on. It was amazing. But the very first memory that I have of Vegas last year was walking down that ramp where it starts to have like a kind of a downhill slope to it. And the very first memory I have of Vegas, the convention, is running into Heather for the first time and meeting her. We're walking down and I see Heather over there and talking with Claire as we talked about earlier also. And I said, Bill, is that Heather? That's Heather, isn't it? Isn't that Heather? He goes, well, go find out. So we walk over. Sure enough, there she is. Big hugs, big greetings for the first time to meet in person. Uh, it was it was great to finally meet her and meet so many new friends for the first time uh, during those few days. It was really something, and and everybody who has said that you become family when you're out there is 100% correct because that's exactly how I feel now. Yay! That made me super happy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm emotional now. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I was amazed at in terms of just the the size and the scope of what Vegas of, of what STLV is, uh, like I said, I had been to some in the '80s and little little places. One was in Nashua, New Hampshire, where Q John Delancey was the guest, and they didn't even have a stage. He just walked out in the front of a conference room um, <laughs> and kissed a cardboard cutout of of Patrick Stewart as Picard. Um, <laughs> but it's just amazing to see how large that that main auditorium is when you walk in there for the first time. Um, 
it was it, it was a sight to behold. The dealers were everything. I could go on forever, and I don't want to do that. But it was it was overwhelming at times. But it was something that I will never forget and look forward to from now on going to Vegas. Uh, it, it is for, amazing. For the that, it's amazing that first time you see how big that room is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is incredible. <laughs> it is. So, Jim, your first time going to the Las Vegas Con was quite a while ago. Yeah, I'll do like with Dan, though, too. Let me just flash back a little bit because I grew up in San Diego. So I actually grew up going to Comic-Con when it was this tiny little comic convention in the mid to late 70s where, you know, they uh, they debuted Star Wars. I didn't see it there. But, uh, but you know, all kinds of you – know, I mean, everyone knows where Comic-Con is now. And back then it was this tiny little thing where we used to just walk around, <clears throat> go to the rooms. I was like – 12 years old and uh and it was great went there every year for about 12 years until the mid 80s and then uh and then stopped going and then it blew up into this huge thing and i finally went back to my first comic-con again about three years ago and it was absolutely insane how big it is in scope uh comparatively but but my first you know real taste of cons was these you know cardboard tables set up and this Mm -hmm crappy old San Diego Convention Center back in the 70s. So that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, my first – I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was maybe 2003 or four. It was still at the at uh, the Hilton. <clears throat> and and my, my main memory of it was the first time I was going, I was meeting my sister there who was coming in from, from San Diego. And I had taken time off from work and I always try to – at work, I always try to keep my my level of uh, trekkiness. I mean everyone knows I'm a huge trekkie at work. But with my bosses, I always try to you know downplay it a little bit. Um, oh, wait. That, it was right. It was 2000 – it was 2005 because it was the year after I had appeared in my in my episode. And the, f- the very first day, we were, we were standing in line for – to get our tickets – and I was talking to my sister, and I'm literally telling her, like, yeah, I just want to make sure, I, you know, because we had some important stuff going on at work. I just want to make sure they don't know that I'm uh, that I'm here, and uh, I kept it on a down low. And this guy walks up to us, starts talking to us, and, you know, my sister's all fired up because there's an Andorian in front of us, and she's starting up a conversation. And this guy starts talking to us about conventions and stuff, and we're just – and he's like, hey, I'm with the – you know, the Las Vegas newspaper, can I get you guys names? And, you know, and, you know, he's literally interviewing us for, for a story he's doing for the, so yeah, no problem. So I give it to him and he walks away and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I don't know. No, it's no big deal. Literally the next morning I get a phone call from my boss because someone at work has seen my name pop up on a Google alert because I'm in this article. And he's like, you're at a freaking Star Trek convention this weekend? I was like, what? Hey, you know, I'm reading this newspaper article where you're like being quoted. You're with your sister at a Star Trek convention, hanging out with some blue Andorian. There's like a picture of this blue Andorian. And uh, and I was I was pretty mortified. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, so that was what that was what my earliest literal uh, Vegas Vegas con memory uh, trying to live that down. With, with my boss. But since then, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, really easy. And, uh, and yeah, I literally go every year and it's, it gets better and better every year. It, and Dan, it's interesting hearing you talk about it because when the things that you're seeing at the convention, 
that's a lot of that's new stuff, you know, in terms of like the the signage in the hallways and yeah. the, oh. the extra yeah. effort they done to kind of make it more feel like an event. I mean, it's literally yeah. in two years they they didn't have any of that, you know, two three years ago. I got to so, tell yeah. you, one of the things that I liked most is those photo opportunity places like the Guardian and mm-hmm. and, yeah. and the board oh, chambers. The, I can't wait to see what they come up with next. Of course, they also had the Enterprise Bridge last year, but um, right. those are great. And and I'm, I'm surprised that they that those are relatively new. Yeah, I, yeah. They, my first year was 2013, and they didn't have any of that. Okay. And then 2014, they had the Guardian and I think the transporter pad. Yeah. And then last year, they added the Borg thing and, of course, the bridge, which is just crazy. But, yeah, right. those are new. You can't forget the pile of tribbles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, hey, but that that replaced all of the cardboard cutouts. So I will take a pile of tribbles <laughs> over the cardboard cutouts any day. Yes, for yeah. sure. I was surprised by how many people used the cardboard cutouts for pictures. I really didn't think people would go for that, but a lot of people seemed into it. Yeah, it's silly. We're all kind of silly that week when we're there. I, yeah. I did one with the Captain uh, card there. <laughs> so I'm curious. I know, uh, Dan, you mentioned having uh, Star Trek stuff on your desk at work. And Jim mentioned uh, kind of being cagey uh, about talking about Trek at work. And I know, Heather, you wear Star Trek stuff when you work. Uh, Claire, do you have Star Trek stuff on your desk at work? Oh yeah, everybody at oh, work okay, knows cool. I'm a Trekkie. I have right. I have an isolinear chip in my cubicle on the wall with like a little sign that says "In case of emergency, realign the isolinear <laughs> matrix." Nice. <laughs> Nobody gets that. No one knows what that is. <laughs> and I have like other stuff too. Oh, cool. I have a full set of the Juan Ortiz cards uh, hanging in my cube, and I also have a uh, a Gorn action figure attacking a Kirk action figure. Uh, what what do you have, Dan, what do you have on your desk now that you've taken that ship off? Well, um, I have to say that the piece that I have now that I'm most proud of and and I like don't let anybody even come near it because of what happened with Bill before is um, we went we were uh, guests down at Studio 9 for Star Trek Continues uh, back in November and we got to uh, uh, watch as they were filming an episode of Star Trek Continues and in between takes, uh, Vic Mignogna who plays Captain Kirk called us up onto the bridge and we're like, what? What? And he, we had a photo shoot with Vic in the captain's chair in full uniform with Bill and I behind him and Bill surprised me by getting a glass picture of that. Um, it's the, it's not actually in a frame. The picture is actually part of the glass. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, so that's now hanging at my desk and that's the, that's the, uh, centerpiece of my collection. I have all kinds of stuff. I have board cubes and, and, uh, all kinds of things, but that's, that's the one that I, that I'm really proud of right now. Yeah. And to be clear, my desk is now decked out uh, with Star Trek stuff. You've since gotten over it. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, I think they knew when I, you know, appeared in an episode that, it, it was a bit of a infatuation of mine. So I think at that point, the cat was out of the bag. <laughs> and and I my number one thing is I keep a trivia book on my desk. When people come in and need to talk to me, I say, no, I've got to ask me a question out of the trivia book. <laughs> <laughs> so can I throw out a question? Just because we've talked about it with some of our other guests. Uh, Dan, did you do any photo ops or autographs or have any celebrity interactions that you would like to share? 
Yeah. Uh, in Vegas this past year, I was very excited that I was going to be getting a photo op with Casey Biggs because I just love both he and um, Mark Alimo, uh, the characters of, of DeMar and DeCott. For Cardassia! Absolutely. And um, unfortunately, one of the things that creation – I would suggest does a better job of is when they have changes to the schedule, they have to be better announced because Casey changed his time to a time that I was not aware of. So I missed getting to have a photo opportunity with him, but I did Uh, get to change it. I went and talked to the people and they let me choose from whoever was left. So I was able to get a photo op with John Delancey. So I was very excited about having a picture with Q. Um, And I also did get to have a photo op with Mark, which was great. He was fantastic. Uh, um, So those were the two that I did this past year in Vegas. Awesome. And, uh, awesome. I, I got to have a photo op with you and Bill. So that yes. was really one of the highlights because I did That's, not do any other photo ops. It was just my friends. So it's one of our best <laughs> pictures of the entire trip too. It is one of my top <laughs> photos. And I was very, very happy to be a total fangirl and get my photo with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jim, what about you? It's funny. I have actually never done an autograph session or a photo op ever. Wow. In- probably 20, 25, 30 conventions I've been to. I just, that's, it's just never something that I listen. I, I, nothing makes me happier than seeing other fans photos. I love them. I favorite them all the time on Twitter. It's my, it's awesome. Uh, but for me, I just never something I've ever wanted to collect or do. Well, one of the things about me, I'm kind of a completist when it comes to collecting or, or getting into something so dangerous i would be like i need them all, need them yeah. all. so so i've never, just never done it oh okay yeah i suck <laughs> no. fair enough so uh, dan aside from uh your your meeting heather uh when you got to the convention do you have any uh favorite stories from your first con that you you'd like to share Yeah, well, one of my favorites – well, I don't know if it's my favorite story. I know it's Bill's favorite story is, as everybody knows who listens to the podcast, I am a huge fan of Star Trek Continues as I just talked about a few Mm -hmm. minutes ago. I think they do a great job of of being as close to TOS as you can possibly be without being the original TOS. So we were excited because we – we were going to actually be uh, having a round of golf with Vic while we were there. So we were looking forward to meeting him and and whatnot and – Right after we met Heather, actually, uh, we're standing in that hallway, the ramp, and we're just talking. And I see Michelle Specht, who plays Dr. McKenna on Star Trek Continues, walk by. And right next to her, behind her, she's taller, Vic is a little shorter, is Vic. And for those of you who don't know, Michelle is absolutely beautiful. She is a wonderful mm-hmm. woman. She is gorgeous. She's very, very nice. And me, I'm like, hey, there's Vic. Vic, yo! And I didn't even. <laughs> think of saying hi to Michelle because, oh my God, I'm going to finally say hi to Vic. So Bill does nothing but give me a hard time about that. As a matter of fact, Michelle, uh, later on, we were talking with her. We actually did a fangirl drive-by uh, plan and we got it on video where we're just standing there. The uh, the four guys are standing there. Michelle comes walking up near us in her full Dr. McKenna outfit. We all start screaming like fangirls and then just continue walking along doing our own thing as if nothing ever happened. We scared the heck out of people in the dealer room when we did that twice. Um, but that was that was a that was a lot of fun. That's hilarious. Yeah. Jim, any any cool stories? Oh, for my first one, I it's hard to remember. You know, it was a little different back then when they had the Star Trek experience right there and you could you know break out of the the convention area and head over to 
to Quarks and hang out with, uh, you know, with the Klingons and and uh, what's his name? Ruggle, Rugal, Rugal, the Ferengi. Who, who, has everybody been to the Star Trek Experience? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. <gasps> so. I'm the, the one person that hasn't attended. Oh, it's the best thing ever. It's the saddest <sighs> thing when it when it closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I can't remember specifically. I mean, I'll say this. It, I, I don't mean it as a humble brag, but my sister was with me and she kept walking around saying, my brother was on Star Trek. He was in the episode. He fired the phasers at everybody we met. I was just like, all right, it's a little too much, but, uh, but that was fun. That, it was, it, it was, it was, a, that was a good event. That first one in, in Vegas. Stories from other conventions, maybe later ones. Any, I'm, uh, the line at Wetzel's pretzels. I tell you what, one of, no, I, I don't wait when I go, I'm a big panel guy and you know, th- Claire and Heather will attest. They're always looking for me. I'm like, I'm in the panel. I'm, I've been here for six hours watching them one after another. <laughs> um, you have infinite tolerance for those questions. I do. I do. But <laughs> oh, I, boy. It's the main reason I go. I, I find that interaction fun. And, and you just pick up on little things that, that you haven't heard before. Um, but probably the, the – you know what the best story is is, is when Claire and I met because – the year we didn't we met, but we didn't know we met because we ended up. And you referenced at the beginning of this podcast that we were in this, I guess, in the masquerade bar, and they were having a trivia contest, and I was just throwing out answers, and she was throwing out answers, and we were both just like, I won like four T-shirts, and uh, they were yeah. just throwing stuff at us. Like I had no idea what was even happening. I was just answering questions as fast as I could, and so was Claire expertly, and I remember being really impressed. But we never really talked, and then we connected on Twitter in the year following that, not knowing who each other were. And then when I met you, uh, Heather, you're like, "It's the guy!" It's the guy. <laughs> she walked up and said, "Oh, it's you! You were the one." Because Heather and I thought you looked familiar, like that we'd seen you on TV or something. And I don't know if we were—I mean, none of us said, "Was he the guy who fired the phasers in Enterprise?" <laughs> But honestly, maybe the subconsciously that's where we recognized you from. But we both thought you were like an actor or something. And yeah. yeah. Is he the guy that fired the phasers for like seven seconds on an episode of Enterprise? Yeah. <laughs> we know Star Trek that well. We know. Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the things that Jim said a minute ago, which I wanted to ma- uh, make a point of, is he talked about the interactions. Um, and I talked about, you know, meeting, meeting the stars and stuff like that, but I got to say that, that I think Bill has said this as well. We had only been doing the podcast for a few months when we first went out to Vegas and it was my first visit. And I can't tell you how humbling and special it was for people to be coming up to Bill and I saying, we are so glad to meet you in person. We love your show. Keep doing what you're doing. You guys are hilarious. That was like otherworldly to me that's not something i as bill says we're just two geeks from new england who <laughs> love talking about star trek and we decided to do it in a medium that other people could listen to and to have people coming up to us and 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 saying things like that was really extremely special for both of us it is it really is. cool isn't it it, it is, is. It's, I, it's amazing I, adding on to that with my own i because i'm you know i just moderate a group <laughs> Uh, it's not, it's not, this is before I even started podcasting. And last year, several people would come up to me and thank me just for making it a, a happy, safe place for people to go. And even just those thanks, um, are just super special. So 
I have to completely agree with that. Um, when other people reach out and let you know that you're doing a good job at whatever you're doing, yeah. especially in our Star Trek community, it's it's super meaningful. Most definitely is. I remember, um, I think I said this last time, so I'm sorry I'm repeating myself, but I remember very distinctly there was a, um, a panel two cons ago, my first con, that was about um, the, the actors who worked at the Star Trek experience uh, were doing a panel. And we're we're pretty good friends with two of them, and they've been on our show quite a few times. So we were at the panel, and once the panel was over, we got up and we were talking to them on the side. And the guy that was also there uh, started to to talk to us about our own podcast, and he, he didn't realize who we were because he had heard them on our podcast and didn't realize that we were the guys that did the podcast. So when they we're like, "Oh, that's our show," and he's like, "Oh my god!" So it was one of those moments where. Uh, it, you know, getting recognized by somebody that you've never met before who actually was from Alaska. So that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. I think that's another good thing about about Vegas and, and any of the conventions, but Vegas in particular being I'm new to it, is the podcast community is extremely close-knit as well. I mean we got mm-hmm. you guys here with Tricorder. We've got great um, reputation. We'd love to give John Champion and Ken Ray a hard time as much as we can over at Mission Log. And all of the different podcasts of Star Trek all seem to – uh, have each other's back all the time whenever things are going on. So uh, that's also a very, very positive aspect of of going out to Vegas and getting to meet the people that we talk to uh, through the internet a lot in person. Absolutely. You know, I'm totally like I'm a friend, but I'm a fan. And I was last night I was laying there writing a review of Trek Geeks in the iTunes store, or whatever, on my phone. And that's part of what I was writing is that, look, these guys are very dear friends of mine. So, of course, I'm going to say great stuff about them, but with good reason. <laughs> and, you know, you're not just my friends. I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan of Mission Long. I'm a fan of you guys. I listen to podcasts all day long uh, because dogs don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I think we had talked about possibly approaching creation to see if we could get together to do some kind of panel on podcasting. Um, but I don't know, I don't know what steps to take to do that or if they would even consider something like that, given that CBS has the big hand and everything. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, a champion a on that one. We'll give him an assignment to do because he doesn't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a big name behind us to get us over. Heather Barker. Oh, okay. whatever. Somebody who's been on Star Trek. If only we knew someone who's been on yeah. Star Trek. Thank you. Jim, do you know anybody? Yeah, that's, that's not going to help you. <laughs> so, Jim, being a big panel guy. Yep. Can you possibly pick a favorite or a group of favorite panels you've witnessed? Uh, well, the the last Nimoy one was really, really special. Yeah. Um, the Voyager reunion last year was really good. I like in the last couple of years, Adam, uh, the main creation guy. They, they've they've tr- I think they've tried to change it up a little bit. Why when they have like these topical panels about a specific episode or a specific series arc and i can't think of any examples right now what they've had on stage they did the zindi or, didn't they like yeah the Enterprise that was, people yep. i think that okay. was one they did they did one with uh oh it was avery brooks and and uh Sirach lofton uh and somebody else and that was really good on stage so i i, I like those I, and and i'm a big fan of the 
below the line crew. So when they, uh, or, uh, production staff. So when they have, yeah. you know, Michael Westmore and Michael Kuda and Doug Drexler and, and, uh, these guys, Herman Zimmerman is, I know he's going to be back again yeah. for this convention. I love hearing those guys speak. I love it all. I love these conventions. I love, uh, I love the panels. What can I say, you know, a big, <laughs> one great one was, uh, I don't know how to say her name was Kyle Paca from a couple of years ago. Uh, Camille Saviola, I think she was fascinating, really, really interesting panel. Was she in the main lobby or yeah, the main she was, room? Or the... Yeah, she was in the main room. Um, it's the first time they've ever had her, I think it was two years ago. <clears throat> and yeah, it was just, yeah, that one was that one stood out to me as just really interesting, you know, character actor from New York talking about her career. So, so that was. That was good. You know, one that I'm looking forward to that I noticed was on the list this year is Carolyn Seymour, who uh, has played a few different guest roles on Trek, including in uh, First Contact, the episode. One of my one of my favorite uh, characters ever. She's she's great. I got a, I got a huge huge crush on her. She's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited about seeing her too. I mean, she plays such different characters. Yeah, she's very distinct looking and so you know you're looking at the same actress but she yeah. is so believable as completely different characters she was the romulan commander and face of the yeah too. i mean she's really really good she always stands out to me so yeah and cool. um kyle paco camille saviola she'll be there again this year i'm just oh, looking oh her. she is too awesome yeah yeah, yeah. awesome speaking of which big names we were talking about big names um Oh, gosh, I'm having a complete mind blank now, of course, because I just thought of it real quick. Um, she was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She was uh, – Louise yeah. Fletcher. Yes, thank you. Louise Fletcher. Yep. Has she ever been to the, to Vegas? I I feel like I've seen her. I have so many – I can't remember. I feel like she has. Yeah. That would be a big name. That would be well, somebody would I'd be, love to see. She would be great to, yeah. to see. Yeah. That would be a really good one. You you like you you like the evil trifecta from, uh, from DS9. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. DS9, my favorite series, and all the bad guys in the series were great. Ducat and and, and Demar. I just love the Cardassians. Yeah. What about what about Wayun? Oh gosh, Wayun. He's he's just so great. No, no. So good. <laughs> so Dan, any favorite panels from your first con experience? Um, I did very much enjoy when uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes and Brent were up with the Next Generation panel. They are hilarious. And John, uh, Bill had mentioned to me how funny they are on stage, and I had never seen them. And I was just – I was cracking up. They were they were great. And when Patrick Stewart was on stage and the woman was talking to him about um, – the crush that she had that uh, that he had on her and and then he went down and hugged her that was a very very special thing to see because that, i understand that he's that's not something that he does often um mm. so that was that was very uh uh, interesting. To to be quite honest, uh, everybody, we didn't see a lot of panels when we were there. We were just running around, being my first time to get to just see all the different things going on. Um, so we weren't in the main auditorium for a lot of the uh, people on stage very much. Uh, we were for a few. Uh, we also went into one of the small uh, side auditoriums to um, listen to uh, uh, John Champion and Ken Ray do a, a podcast from from STLV, yep. and that was a lot of fun. Also, I was there for five minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I had yeah, I think, early. Yeah, 
I don't remember if we had a photo. I think we had to do a photo op or something. No. I don't know. I'm planning to do a lot more panels this this year. So of course, we have the extra day and everything too, so that'll help. So, guys, now that we're we're getting close to wrapping uh, the first con segment up, I we like to kind of close out by asking you guys if you have any advice to give for people who may be going to the Vegas convention for the first time. And since your memory is so fresh of your first convention, Dan, what do you have for newbies who may be coming this year? Um, take lots of pictures mm-hmm. because you will want to have those memories to look at. Um, cosplay uh, was something that I never really knew much about because I hadn't been to conventions in a long time. The cosplay is absolutely phenomenal out there. Heather uh, and Claire, I believe, too. You, you've done it yeah. as well, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys have always been great. I'm actually thinking about doing something this year for the first time ever in my life. So it will be awesome. interesting if I'm able to put it together. Do it. Um, do it. Do but it. it is, it's really something to see the, the love and dedication that these people have into putting these costumes and makeup together. It really is amazing uh, to see the different things. Um, so take lots of pictures if it's your first one and don't be afraid to go up and introduce yourself and talk to people and make those new friends that you're going to make. That's very important, especially in the Star Trek community. So take advantage that the fact that everybody is there, it's there for the same reason and everybody are friends. You're here. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and Dan, you, that's great because you hit on a, a few that that I would say as well. The picture one's actually really smart. I never, I always kind of fall short on that. need to, need to do more of that. And you should definitely cosplay. I've, uh, I did my first (laughs) real cosplay last year and it was super fun. And I'm totally doing the same one again this year. That's the level of my creativity. So, um, but, and then the other one, the thing I was going to say is, and it's actually, you know, something I do, routinely when I'm there is just talk to the person standing next to you mm-hmm. because they want to talk about Star Trek as much as you do, you know, for the most part. And the thing I do and I love it and I do it in, you know, every every convention everywhere I'm at, anytime I get in an elevator or I'm walking, I just ask somebody, I just anybody next to me, hey, what's your favorite series? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't do it. Or, you know, <laughs> they have an answer quick or they don't they can't pick. And I'm like, you have to pick one. You have to. And then they'll, people will start talking. I'm like, there's no wrong answer. Stop ripping this guy because he picked Voyager or Enterprise or whatever. The, the beauty of it, there's no wrong answer to that question. It's a great uh, conversation starter. Yeah. And I, I love doing that. Nice. Man, I really love that pretty much everybody we bring onto the show and just everybody I talk to says the same thing, and that is to talk to other people. Yeah. And I think that that just speaks so much on its own. Um that you can you can do it and we say every time we do this that if you see us there please feel free to come up and talk to us because we will be your friend and we will introduce you to other friends and bring you into the star trek family and it's 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 not always easy for people to do that i know a lot of people that you know it's it's you know going up and talking to strangers isn't always something that you're looking forward to doing but i think in this atmosphere Everybody loves the same thing so much that I think it makes it much easier uh, for people to do that. I would hope. Yeah, you have an automatic icebreaker. Yes. You've got something in common to talk about. And I just want to, like, say one more thing about what you were saying about cosplay, which is if you're thinking about doing cosplay and you've never done it before, 
and you think you can't do it because you're not creative enough or you don't have enough skill to sew or do fancy makeup or something, don't let that stop you. Some of the best costumes I've ever seen have been the really subtle ones that are just, you could almost wear walking down the street and you wouldn't Thanks, even know Claire. it was Star Trek costume. <laughs> I am kind of, I mean, I'm talking about it. It's not just you, but I will say I, I do love your costume. Um, so yeah, you're one of the people I'm thinking of, but just like the subtle weird stuff is great. And, um, you don't have to do professional, you know, film caliber, fancy makeup. Like anybody can do cosplay and it'll be fun and people will appreciate that you did it. I'm actually glad that you're telling me that or telling everybody that, but I'm taking it towards me, Claire, because (laughs) for me, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So I'm like, all right, how am I going to be able to wire this so that it'll light up on cue? And how am I going to get my eyes to light up and all that stuff? So (laughs) Don't think about all that stuff. Just do what you do. Make it fun. And I have to say that Claire herself made a pretty obscure costume last year. Um, with the headset from the game. And I cannot tell you how many times, Claire, your picture pops up on Facebook (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and somebody's like, who is this? Like, I just got tagged in something yesterday that was like, who is this person? I love it. Oh my God. And I got like, that's Heather's friend, Claire. And I'm like, yes, that's that's my friend, Claire. That makes me feel better because, and sometimes the obscure ones fall flat. I did an obscure one two years ago that That I don't think anybody got, but I had fun with it. Casual wear? Yeah, yeah. It was just like the crazy crap people wear in the background of 10 Forward. I was like, I'm going to be one of them. And it, you know, it. It wasn't a big hit, but I had fun with it, and I'm glad I did it. So, you know, and didn't like you, you make should... it out of like like tablecloths or something or placemats? There was, I, I was <laughs> going, I was going to, but I had to abandon that. The skirt was made out of a shirt, okay, and the top was heavily altered. Um, but yeah, and I don't know how to sew. Like, I didn't start sewing. I, I started sewing specifically to make costumes for Star Trek Las Vegas. So, yeah, like, awesome. If you've I never should... sewn anything, you can do it. A, a good story to tell would actually have been the time I broke uh, Claire's <laughs> the, the game headset. Oh, I was like, she's like, oh, be careful with it. I'm like, what? Oh, it's already broken. I... There was a silver lining there, though, because you allowed us to create that wonderful centerpiece. If oh you hadn't broken it, we wouldn't have been I, I able hope, to make that. I hope you were able to fix it. <clears throat> I have. I still have part of it. I did actually throw some of it away. It was. It was a much. Um, it was held together with like spit and dreams to begin it was, with. So. It was awesome, and I broke it. I suck. That's okay. Oh, you saved the enterprise, so it's okay. You, oh, you, good point. You yeah. did the right thing. Always forgive A flashlight in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Data. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess that about wraps up our uh, our first con segment and we're getting close to the end of the third episode of Shore Leave. And I think uh, we're going to wrap back around to something Heather brought up earlier. And that was the fact that she's just finished up reading the new uh, Shatner book about his relationship with Leonard Nimoy. And I remember, Heather, you said there was something in the book that you had read that really stood out to you. I did, and I'm going to read that here in a quick second. Um, The book, I think most everybody knows, it's called Leonard, My 50-Year Friendship with a Remarkable Man um, by William Shatner with David Fisher. So I'm not quite sure how much David Fisher did. But, okay, so I will say this. There is a lot of information in here that we know about their friendship. There is some information about their friendship 
that we don't know. There are little stories and tidbits um, that I had not learned before. So despite the fact that I think Shatner's ego does uh, is, is prevalent in the book, um, I think it's worth a read. I think anything written about Leonard Nimoy is worth the read. Um, so there was a paragraph here, and it's a little bit long, so I apologize, and I hope I don't start crying when I read it. I don't think I will, but um, it made me think of Shore Leave and of all of you. So I will start here in just a second. Um, he's talking about people at conventions and the phenomenon of fans like us. And he's so he says, at the beginning, I suspect Leonard was as dubious as I was about this phenomenon. I know I wondered what type of people would spend their time dressing in costume and paying tribute to a moderately successful TV series. It's fair to say that conventional people did not attend these conventions. But I think we both came to understand how much fun these conventions were for Trekkies. These were people, for the most part, who were able to overcome their inhibitions and put on a pair of alien ears. They didn't waste time worrying about what other people thought. They were simply having fun. Later in his life, Leonard was asked what words of wisdom he might have for young people. He replied thoughtfully, I'm a great believer in what we have been told by people like Joseph Campbell. Find your bliss. Find out what touches you the most deeply, pursue it, learn about it, explore it, expand on it, live with it and nurture it, find your own way and make your own contribution. (laughs) And I'm sorry for crying, but that just really strikes a chord with me because for me, like my life was not complete until Star Trek became a very large part of it. And that's all you guys and everyone listening and It just, the fact that Leonard said that and got that about us and understood is just something phenomenal to me. So I wanted to share that with everyone. That's an awesome passage. Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you. And the passion and emotion and the way you read it makes it stand (laughs) out even more because you're absolutely right. For him to have that thought or those thoughts about the people that watched him do his craft, that that means something. It's it's good to know that that, that they think that way about us. It does. And I think that Leonard, among everyone, um, and I I know I put him on a pedestal, but as I said in one of the previous episodes, um, meeting him was just so honorable because he he turned around and said that the honor was his to meet us. And that I I just read that and I just it was uh, it shook me to the core. And I was like, I have to share it. The the pedestal that he's on and the praise that he receives is so well deserved. It's. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And, and the thing for me about Leonard Nimoy, if we're getting off that on that topic really quick, is that is that he was literally there from day one until the last image of Star Trek that that we've seen up to this point. And yeah. to me, that is that is so cool. That is yeah. just it, it. It's such a, a great way to it, couldn't have a better person to be kind of the linchpin to bring it all together. So cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add one final thing to the Leonard discussion is uh, we just finished our 50th episode on our podcast. Yay. And we think that our best one to date was the Leonard Nimoy Memorial, which was, I believe, episode six. Uh, it took Bill almost a year to re-listen to it because yeah. it was such a strong it, – it's such a strong feeling for him. And, and when I recently listened to it again – 
it it's it's a tough it's a you can tell that it was tough for both of us. We were both really sick, but we needed to do that that podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just a tribute to a great man, and and it's something that without without Leonard Nimoy, there would not be Star Trek, in my opinion. I I, I agree. agree. And Jeff, I'll, I'll, let me add, before, Jeff, that your your and Craig's show was really really awesome as well. That one I listened oh, to. I'm gonna go back and listen to yours, Dan, because uh, since I just discovered you guys, that thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I, I, I remember the emotion in Craig's. You know, it was it was. Yeah, the really, other time Craig really ever broke down on the show. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Was well, really let good. me tell you, that was not only was that real. We did a two parter. Uh, we had some other guests on, like Mark Cushman and. A couple of other people, and I'll tell you, it was difficult to record them, and it was really difficult for me to sit down and edit them yeah. and have to listen mm-hmm. back to all of that. And I have not listened to either one of those Leonard Nimoy tribute episodes since then, since I published them. I don't know if I even can. So, um, you know, right. having to spend all that time going through each one with a fine tooth comb and editing out all the little, uh, you know, stutters and 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 you know points of silence where neither one of us could really say anything. To make it sound like we were at least partially coherent uh, was was very very difficult. Guys, yeah. I just have to give you all props for doing it because I wouldn't, I would not have been able to. I mean, <laughs> I can't even read something from a book without breaking down. Um, so yeah, I both of those episodes were were really great, and I hope that everyone will will go back and listen when they're able to. Um, because they're special. Because all of you are special. <laughs> you're special too. Oh. Man. <laughs> And speaking of the way that Star Trek brings people together and especially, you know, Leonard Nimoy's passing, the day he died, I had several people at work completely unsolicited and and independent Mm -hmm. of each other tell me, you know, let me know the news in case I hadn't heard yet. People that I didn't even know that well. Yeah. They just felt like – and that I don't think are, you know, particularly – I mean I – I don't know if some of them might not even have been Trekkies or maybe they just, Mm. you know, watched it 20 years ago with their kids or 50 years ago with their dad or whatever. They're not, you know, like daily life Star Trek people. They just it was amazing to me. I've actually kept a couple of some of them were emails and I kept a couple of emails. They're just like one sentence, you know. I thought you might want to know that Leonard Nimoy passed away. Just just quick, short little emails, but it really touched me that these people wanted to reach out to me and let me know they this they learned the news and they knew i would care and that's really special it It is is. i think that's so amazing because i i had that happen as well i tell all of my clients they all know i'm a trekkie i've got tattoos so they see them but like i was so touched that even my dad sent me a message like i'm so sorry about letting me boy and Mm -hmm. you know of course it's my dad so it's someone close to me but it's just not something my dad had ever done (laughs) Um, but it's just so amazing to me that people, people that we don't really know still get and understand like how passionate we are about Star Trek and the people who made it and the community that exists because of it. Um, it's, it's a phenomenon. It really is. And I, I'm going to start crying again. Goodness. (laughs) I, I, I am so, I am so blessed and happy to be a part of it. And, uh, to be here with all of you guys and to be living in this time when we're about to see another movie and we're about to see a new series. Uh, And I'm just so excited because I don't know what we're going to see at the convention, like what CBS is going to pull out for us. I'm I'm just like, we just got Roddenberry added onto the team. 
for the series and it's going to be such a great time for them to to really bring all of that out so i'm excited to see what's going to happen and we yeah. we may not even know until we're there that's yeah. what I'm actually hoping they do, Heather, is that they announce some cast members when we're at Vegas. That I yeah. think would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be amazing. That We would all walk away with that story and tell that story for the rest yep. of our lives. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. All right, guys. So um, we, awesome. we've been together for quite a while now, and uh, I think we can safely wrap up this third installment of Shore Leave. Uh, thank you, Dan Davidson, for being here today. It yeah, is my great you. pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It was great to have the discussion with everyone, Claire, Heather, Jim. Look forward to meeting you or seeing you all again uh, in Vegas in just 145 days, somewhere around there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Something like looking, that. Looking forward to seeing that cosplay you're going to pull out Okay. For us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm determined now. And thanks to Mr. Morehouse for being here yet again. Always love having you on the show. I, I do like talking about Star Trek. so I, I do too, and I, I love how we can always get into our debates. Oh, yes, we yes we do. And I'm sure the next time you're on, we'll have another Many one. more to come. Many, many more. And uh, Claire, it's always lovely having you as part of Short Leave. Yes, thanks for having me. It was really great talking to all of you guys, and um, can't wait to see you again. Yay! I'll see you soon. That's right. I'll see you in April, Heather. Yeah, we, oh, we yeah, haven't announced it on Twitter, but uh, Claire's going to be here for work and I get to see her. Yay! Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to a software conference in Denver, though. Mm. So that'll be fun. So it's good because it's in Denver because I can see Heather. Yay! Oh, Jeff, if, if, if oh. I can real quick, I just want to throw my congratulations to Heather for her Super Bowl champion, Denver Broncos. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. You so know how much. hard that is for me to say, but I'm I do. Say it. I thank you. Did you hear that, Jim? Did you, you know, hear that? The two of you, the two of you. Can, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not allowed to swear, right, Jeff? So. No, between, please the, don't. between the freaking donkeys and the, and the, the cheaters and the other cheats. <laughs> Freaking uh, tuck rule. I mean, what a joke. What a joke. Uh, oh, goodness. Uh, and Jeff, thank you. thank you. You keep trying to thank me, and I'm just going to pop in there and thank you. Oh, and take thank over. you. Well, that's nice of you to say thank you. And thank you for your impassioned reading from You're the book. You're welcome. Sorry nice I cried, everybody. Show. No, it was great. It was great. Thanks. So we will see you next time on the fourth installment of Shore Leave. Thanks, everyone. 